Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell here to go through Thursday's NHL DFS slate. Uh, today is October 21st. DJ, how are you doing on this fine October evening? I'm doing, doing pretty well. I mean, we're recording also on Browns game day, Thursday, and the uh, backup Browns are going to be going against Denver. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the big slate. Um, but yeah, no, not a whole lot. I have a lot going on in my personal life, but not a whole lot other than going to Sabres games, watching them dominate, you know, all the good stuff. What about you? I mean, that's exactly what the doctor ordered. I got, you know, a few Buffalo Sabres wins, uh, the Bills, you know, inexplicably blowing it in Nashville, like, uh, you know, pretty much par for the course right now for, for Buffalo sports fans, uh, pretty much exactly you know, what you would expect, the Sabres being dominant and uh, yeah, Bills inexplicably losing football games. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's quite an interesting time uh, on these parts. On Thursday evening, I'm driving back to Rochester. My cousin's uh, getting married over the weekend, so I'm looking forward to a bit of a long weekend. Work's been just awful. Like, I've literally done nothing besides uh, work and play DFS and maybe sleep for a few hours a night. Um, but you know, you got to make the money to spend the money to hopefully make the money. I think that's how the saying goes. Yeah, but that's certainly, yeah, exactly. Um, but certainly looking forward to yet another, uh, pretty packed NHL slate here. Uh, you know, as you said, the, the footballs and everything else, uh, pretty fun Thursday. You know, you know why I mentioned football, Matt want to know why, because if you go on underdog.com, you can bet across sports. Now, I'm not sure if you've done that before for the pickums, but it is an option. So if you really, really like a couple of shot props, maybe. It is pretty fitting that your internet seemed to just completely die uh, during the sponsored ad reports. And you're also like, you know what? That, uh, that, what? Yeah, did this, what that did not go well because your internet uh, decided to disappear. <sighs> such a good thing going there anyway through yeah the, the you, you gist talk. of what you were saying is uh, go to underdogfantasy.com sign up using promo code msp and you can create some uh some some cross sport entries i would say uh, is that right that's what i was saying yeah that, that is what i was saying you know, honestly i did not know you could do that till the other night um the titans bills game and i would have hit 120 on 20 if that game went to overtime because Tannehill needed like three completions so wow. I was I was praying for that field goal and uh, they didn't kick it, which I honestly don't blame them. Like I wasn't like, no, I, yeah. I didn't think the German was an idiot. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no. sure. Like I, I wouldn't kick that either. But yeah, don't know if how to run a QB sneak, but uh, I was actually recording the show during that. So I didn't really <laughs> see what happened. I didn't like follow it. I just kind of looked up and I was like, oh, like they lost. Like, that's weird. They were like at the two yard line. But yeah, I was yeah. like 94 percent sleeping, but I was like prying my eyes open to watch it. <laughs> it really, you know, they mentioned it on the broadcast. Like, I think they talked about McDermott saying it, but like Buffalo really was a ghost town. It was really strange. Like, like I went to work on Monday and it was just no one on the road really. I was like, is this really because of the Bills game? Like this may be, but like I saw so many people like on my Instagram and stuff that were at the game. It, it was pretty cool. That is one cool part about Buffalo. People really freaking care. People freaking love to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like right. Nashville. Infinitely better. Okay, we got to get after it. Yeah, I mean, way too long. Oh my god, this is gonna be brutal. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, we've we've not done a you and me show yet. Uh, going game by game through a large slate. Um, so you know that's what the people want. I'm pretty sure that's what the people are going to get here. 
Uh, we have tried to come prepared, you know, with some uh, condensed talking points or notes or you know, things so that we're not trying to fill the space. Um, but please let us know if, you know, this is still what you guys want, because uh, we're trying out this whole game by game thing. And uh, let me just say, uh, my expectations are low, so I'm hoping we clear them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a doozy. So we have 10 games here on the slate. Leading it off at 7 o'clock, we have Carolina at Montreal. We have San Jose at Ottawa. We have Colorado at Florida. Washington at New Jersey. The Islanders at Columbus. Calgary at Detroit. Rangers at Nashville. Anaheim at Winnipeg. Vancouver at Chicago. And Edmonton at Arizona. So there's the 10 games. Uh, Another sort of Island-Edmonton late game makes things very interesting because, uh, you know, one side of that game will be Connor McDavided and the other side will be Arizona. So if you are losing, you know, if you have like the Edmonton stack and you just have crap around it going into 10 o'clock, you should probably just pivot and, you know, pray. Um, But, you know, just an interesting angle there with the 10 o'clock start for Edmonton. But before we get to some of like the high level, uh, you know, news and things to watch out for throughout the day, looking at this slate, DJ, who do you think the highest, uh, the biggest favorite is on the slate? I know I want to say Edmonton, but I'm pretty sure it's wrong because you told me it wasn't as crazy as it, I thought it was. So, I mean, I, I, is it is it Carolina? It, it is not. It is Neither. Winnipeg. And, and um, Winnipeg has a bunch of COVID problems, it sounds yeah, like. That's, I mean, it sounds that's like it's got quite, it, yeah. quite as bad as like they initially thought it might be, but they could be missing players. We just don't know yet. Jam the Anaheim line now? Anaheim and, has been like better than way better than expected. Absolutely, and you know this Anaheim team did beat Winnipeg on opening night. Uh, yeah, they well, they opening. have like they they have combined for sure the highest saves above expectation, and I'm pretty sure their offense was actually like surprisingly not just abysmal. I know they put up a I think a four or five spot recently. So yeah, I mean little little preview into betting on Anna. I mean, and they're holy crap cheap. Yeah, no. Uh, so, I mean, we'll get to it. We'll go game by game. We'll yeah, cover yeah. absolutely everything for you, fellas. Um, but I, I did find it pretty interesting that on this slate, basically, you have Winnipeg at minus 190. You have Edmonton at minus 185. And then you have everyone else. Uh, literally, every other game is basically a toss up. Um, Islanders minus 140, Calgary minus 135 and Chicago minus 130 are the other like biggest favorites. And then literally every other game is, you know, between minus 130, uh, minus, you know, 110 on both sides. So it's a very tight scoring slate. I would say a lot of options. Uh, the one six and a half team total or game total that we have right now is on the Colorado Florida side of things. Um, you know, kind of interesting. I don't really know if that's my favorite game here, um, but rather then sort of talk about some individual game spots since we'll get to it. I did just want to cover a few of the sort of higher end uh, slate considerations. Uh, first off at the center position, Jack Hughes is likely to miss here. Uh, he missed practice on Wednesday. Uh, didn't look good when he suffered uh, an injury. So, you know, that that certainly is not promising. Uh, Ryan Strom remains out since it's COVID. We don't, quite know you know what the deal is they practiced today uh and panarin on the same line so you know we'll talk about that but assuming ryan strome misses you know we should have a pretty good sense of where the rangers offense comes from uh gabe landeskog will remain out through suspension 
as will Blake Wheeler. Uh, as we alluded to, Winnipeg does have a bunch of COVID concerns uh, on the table right now. It, like DJ said, it's pretty much been cleared up. Uh, some Apparently some neg- or positive tests were later confirmed to be false positives. Um, so I think they still need some negative tests tomorrow in order to fully clear, you know, all those affected individuals. Um, but, you know, just be on the lookout because there could be some weirdness there. Um, and then uh, Quinn Hughes for Vancouver uh, was kind of a mystery scratch on Tuesday. We don't really know what the problem is. We're expecting him to play Thursday, but just keep an eye on that situation because, um, you know, uh, a team losing to the Buffalo Sabres could probably use some reinforcement. Um, so, DJ, anything to add, or did you just want to start on the first game here? Oh, yeah, this is good effort. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a couple of small injuries, but you got the big ones. So, yeah, we have Carolina at Montreal. Montreal has not won a game yet. They've looked abysmal. Um, this game is pretty cheap overall, I'd say, on either side. We got a lot of new lines in Montreal. Obviously, they're trying to shuffle it around, being as they're defeated and they lost to the freaking sabers um the i guess there's good to that being as you might be able to get some correlation people are in on but i can't really see myself playing montreal here also they really spread out all their guys um they have kind of three lines that are kind of tough to pin down exactly where i want to go so i'm probably staying away from their side more or less um yeah yeah, uh... i'm somewhat interested in carolina and again, I don't know if this will come through in post-processing or whatever, but your internet did cut out there. It does sound like you are just saying that Montreal is uh, pretty different and pretty uh, not good so far this year. So I agree it's more of a stay away for me than anything else. Um, I could be tempted to go back to Mike Hoffman well. Um, it was pretty clear that they wanted to set him up. They're now playing him with Suzuki and Gallagher. So uh, that's probably the one spot on the Montreal side for Carolina. We are getting some pretty good prices on a number of their players. Like Teravainen being their most expensive player is a bit startling. Um, yeah, he has goals in their first two games. He has seven shots in those games. Uh, but keep in mind the net goal. Uh, so, you know, like, yeah, Tevo, I, I just, I, I don't think the Aho Teravainen, uh, Kokaniemi line is where you want to go here myself. I think you want to just sort of jam in. Uh, Svechnikov and Trocek, and then mix in some Marty Machas with that. Um, all those guys are just very cheap if you are in on the narrative that Montreal is uh, not good, and it sure seems like Montreal is not a very good team. The other thing that I like about Carolina is that Tony D'Angelo is just very cheap. Um, yeah, he's not playing a ton of minutes, but 4500 for his upside, I think is a great you know fourth guy in for GPPs. Um, I, I wouldn't really touch him as like a one-off player or anything. Like um, but yeah, I think that pretty much covers that game. Anything deeper that you are looking at as far as like pure punts or value wise? <laughs> All I heard was just a big uh, no boom from your. Well, I mean, I think that if you're playing cash, Spechnikov is just a really, really strong option. What fifth? What is going on? It sounds like I have really good Wi Fi. You're not hearing me at all. No, I, I just heard you there. Um, so okay. anyway. The, Especially coffee and cash. Yeah, that was all. He's, he's good. Uh, Chris Weidman cool. is still in play. I think, um, you know, the, the power play role is what draws me in. He's only getting 15 minutes a night, so nothing too extreme there. Um, but until they give Romanov a power play job, I don't think I can quite buy in on him. Anyway, let's move over to San Jose at Ottawa. Um, 
I had, I wouldn't really call it a sweat, but at like nine o'clock on Tuesday, I was winning the seat to the fantasy hockey world championship. Thanks to Timo's uh, monster first period. I believe he hit the shot bonus and the three point bonus in the first frame against Montreal. Uh, didn't do much after that, unfortunately, because I was the only guy in that contest with him. Um, that lineup had uh, Joel Erickson and Kaprizov with it. Uh, so yeah, I was close. Um, you know, there's some larger takeaways that I took from that, that I shared in the discord and, you know, kind of the extent to which being, uh, just try and get those four, three, one stacks. Um, I did a three, three, two, and I got burned by the Tampa three where it was very easy to go Zuccarello and Jonathan Dolan over Palat and Perry. Um, and you know, that would have gone with my two stacks, but in any case, San Jose is, I mean, Brent Burns at 6,500, I think is still too cheap. Um, like this guy is points on the board every night. Like he's such a good bet for the shots bonus, yet he hasn't hit it this year. And he's a good bet for the blocks bonus. I mean, he he puts up points. He uh, gets uh, immensely typical shots on goal. And you get Eric Carlson for sub 5K, who's looked great these first couple games. The time on ice isn't quite there but they're probably just easing him into the season. Um, and so you get some cheaper guys like in that secondary San Jose power play unit. So uh, I don't know exactly what your thoughts are here, DJ, but how do you feel about the Sharks team? And then how do you feel about Brady Kachuk's uh, debut for a season debut for Ottawa? Crickets. Okay. Um, excuse us while we deal with some of these technical difficulties. Uh, you no matter, yes. Yes, DJ. Welcome okay. Back. It it I went into Zoom and it said that my microphone was having an issue, but now it seems to be working. Okay. Welcome back. What uh, I said. Ottawa. Go for it. Did, can, you hear, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I, I what I had said before that didn't go through was in this game we have the player in all situations with the highest iCourcy four per sixty. Do you know who that is? It would be Timo. It would be Timo Mayer. Okay. That that was a point that I wanted to get across. Now, as far as Ottawa is concerned. I mean, yeah, I think Brady's a little bit cheap here. I think this game does set up decently well to be something worth targeting. Um, I'm not really thinking I'm going to be jamming in a, a ton, a ton of Ottawa. Um, their lines with Brady, got have so many retweets here. He was with, was he with Norris? What the heck is it? Do you have their lines up? Yeah, he was with Norris and Batherson. Norris and Batherson. Standard. Okay. I mean, yeah, pretty standard there. I mean, Ottawa's cheap. I mean, that's that's the thing. Honestly, if you need some cap relief, I think you could get a pretty decent, cheapish stack out of them. Um, and yeah, Brady's return. I mean, get gets paid the big money. Like I, I do like it here. Use you know sub seven K. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um. So I think if I'm picking one side in this game, I'm just going back to the Sharks. Well, I don't see ownership getting too out of hand on them. You know, there's a lot of options. It's not like they are free. They're sort of like in that awkward upper mid range. And, you know, then you get these stackable guys like Eklund and Dallin. Um, But I I certainly can see going in that on that first line for Ottawa as well. Um, Moving on over to Colorado at Florida, um, with no Landeskog, like how does that sort of impact how you're playing this Colorado team? Uh, does it make you more bullish on like McKinnon and Rantanen sort of, you know, trying to pull the load themselves or, uh, you know, what are you doing with this game? It, it's tough because I, I do think it should have some decent pace. 
Um, I think both these sides are, are fair enough. I think that some of the Florida prices have really, really, really come down to a point where I would consider them here because Colorado really hasn't been that amazing defensively. Um, so I think there'd be trust to be had on both sides. I'm probably not going to find myself with McKinnon ranting, but I think it's a really, really good take if you have enough GPPs because people are paying up for McDavid and Dreisaitl and for good reason. They have like 16 points in three games. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's a really nice contrarian play, but I, like I said, I'm a little bit more interested in Florida here, I think, as far as stacking options. Yeah, I mean, so as far as Florida goes, uh, Sam Bennett definitely uh, roasted a lot of us on Tuesday by doing absolutely nothing. Uh, the power play role stuck. Five and five minutes just simply weren't Did there. not get hurt? I, I thought he had gotten hurt in the game and missed chips. I mean, I think he finished the game, but... That's possible. I wasn't paying attention to it, honestly. I, mean, I was at the Sabres game, but I had a shop prop, so I was trying to check in on it, and I thought mm-hmm. I saw somewhere that he missed... I mean, maybe that could be it, but it's kind of concerning that like uh, Tippett and Huberto, you know, if he was missing time, basically they just didn't play either. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm I mean, not sure. Maybe the whole I, line got, maybe that's what I. Yeah, I didn't see that myself. But uh, anyway, we sort of know that like Duclair, Barkov, or Hagee, Duclair is like such a fringe piece there. Uh, he only played 12 minutes. It's really tough for me to suggest that any of these guys outside of Barkov and Ekblad are like really rock solid plays. Now that Bennett's so expensive, I mean, he's 5,800. I feel like that's a more than fair price. Like I just don't feel obligated to chase it. Um, it's kind of same goes for Huberto at 6k. Like I don't think they'll be very popular, but I just, I don't feel great about this game myself. I know it's a six and a half total. Um, but for me, it pretty much comes down to like, getting some leverage off of McDavid with McKinnon and Rantanen and otherwise probably leaving this game. Uh, Burakovsky maybe at 5,500. Um, it's a little bit tough. If they go, go 11 and seven again, though, I think that's completely fine. And then maybe taking a flyer on Tyson Jost as a, as a pure punt 2.8 did get first power play time last game. I believe when they pulled the goalie though, uh, Kadri and Burakovsky sort of replaced him to get to the six on the power play. So there's a bit of risk in pretty much every player, I think, in this game, besides, you know, the big guys, McKinnon, Barkov, uh, Rantanen, and Aaron Ekblad. And all those guys that are so expensive, I, I don't really love this game. Uh, but if you go in one place in this game, uh, where are you going? I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's got to be obvious on the Colorado side. I hear the punt that you're saying and Yost, but I, I think, you know, if I'm playing Colorado, I'm just fading Edmonton and going all in. Um, and just grabbing Ranton and McKinnon and Makari making it work. I think on the Florida side, I think there's two angles you could take here. And I think that honestly playing like Barkoff Reinhardt and hoping they get back together could be something worth considering. And they're going to be in the power play together. Um, I mean, Reinhardt still looked really good. That line with Marchman and Lindell was awesome though. So they might not want to break it up. Um, but I think, you know, if you play like Reinhardt Neckblad or something like that, it could be a little bit different. Get that power play correlation and get like, you know, I think that that Lundell Marshall Reinhardt line is going to really give a good chance against some real weak Colorado players um, to be something that's super cheap and a really high paced game. Lindell 2.9 um, Marshman minimum salary and Reinhardt 5,200. Like I'm not saying you stack that all together, probably it's probably not the best call, but they also have pretty good minutes and Reinhardt on the first power play, you know, I think they'll be going as a really weak line. And like you mentioned that Bennett line got kind of benched a bit. 
I don't know why. Maybe they could just consider like, well, we're up in this game. Let's let's bench these. I I don't know. Um, but I think that that's not the worst line in the world. Seems to be a really good defensive unit. And I think if they put them out there, you're only running into. Are they going to try to put them out there against like Ranton? And I highly doubt that. Yeah. Um. All right. I know we are definitely running low on time, even though we <laughs> yeah. have seven games left. So uh, Washington at New Jersey. Really, the main point of interest here is obviously Ovechkin. Um, there's probably some New Jersey value if Hughes doesn't play. Um, Dawson Mercer got the bump to their top power play unit. Looks like sort of in Hughes' place. The minutes haven't been there, but otherwise, I mean, Mercer's looked great in his first two games. He's only 19. He has a lot of prospect pedigree, um, but he could see the biggest jump with Hughes missing. He has five shots, two blocks, and a goal and an assist in his first two NHL games. If we can you know, project him for 16 to 17 minutes, he's honestly among uh, the best punt plays at the center position. I think you know, if you're looking to stack him, you probably just want to play Dougie. Um, people might sort of come off of Dougie a bit after a very poor game against Seattle. Uh, no shots on goal, one block shot, that's it. But he still played 25 minutes. Uh, you know, Dougie's going to Dougie. So I think that that's really the stack that you're most interested in. And then maybe, you know, filling it out with like a Pavel Zaka or a Nico Heischer if you really want some uh, real, real big upside. Um, but for me, the preferred three man is just sort of the power play of uh, Mercer and Dougie and then grabbing Pavel Zaka. Uh, any other angles from this game that you are pursuing i know like john carlson's a bit cheaper than usual but otherwise things pretty normal yeah i think this one i'm kind of gonna stay away from it more or less i mean mercer's a fair punt but other than that i, I don't have a lot of interest here um <clears throat> i think that it's just am i really gonna spend up for Olvechkin on this slate i don't think i'm going to i don't i, I could never fall to in doing it but just it, it's not quite the, the game i i want to be putting a lot of my salary into so I'm probably not going to have it, um, but I do think if I do, it would be probably trying to get some punts. And Mercer is a really good punt on this slate. I don't know if there's anyone else that I truly consider. Okay, uh, good, perfect. Um, let's see. Got to do my obligatory Connor McMichael check-in because uh, all right, he debuted and played nine minutes against Colorado. Uh, never mind. So yeah, wait. Uh, they ran lines too, and he was splitting time with Lapierre. So Perfect. like it's okay. between the two of them yeah, tomorrow. No, yeah, know. no, you're 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 not. I just wanted to check because he's got all the talent in the world. But anyway, uh, Islanders at Columbus. Uh, the Islanders, they were interesting. Um, you know, like Oliver Wallstrom is still 3K on this slate. He put yeah. up eight shots against Chicago, scored twice. He only saw 14 minutes though, and that's sort of the game you play. Like even with Anders Lee missing. Uh, Wallstrom just simply got his power play job and then he didn't really get much else. Um, I, I don't know. Like to me, I absolutely adore the player, but getting burned by him uh, against Chicago like that, I don't know how willing I am to sort of just suck it up and sort of take the 14 minutes uh, time on ice. So uh, what are your thoughts on this game in general? Like is Columbus just a pushover? Like what, what are the Islanders? Um, yeah. I mean, no, Wallstrom has, 
you know, now that we have a small sample size, but three games, he has been one of the better rate shooters in the entire league at this point, but that is highly, highly correlated with the one monster game you mentioned. So it's a risky play. I mean, I don't think I'd have it in cash. I don't think it's necessary, but in a GPP, I could probably talk myself into it. The biggest problem with him is you got to stack it with Peugeot or Parise. You know, I mean, Parise is on the power play, but probably not going to have that myself. Um, so then you're kind of looking at a guy like Pulock. I don't think it's the worst two-man stack in the world because I don't think Columbus is great, but I don't think Columbus is terrible. Um, they have some depth there. I don't think that they're like, like you mentioned, I don't think they're a complete pushover. So I'm, again, I'm overall in this game, though, if I was going to rate it out of one of 10, well, 10 being the best game and one being the worst in this slate, it's probably around the 3-4 range. So you know, maybe a piece here, like you mentioned, in Wallstrom is something to consider, but I'm not going to spend up on the Islanders. And I don't know if there's anything in Columbus that I'm like yeah, ultra, the, ultra keyed in on. Yeah. So just to sort of wrap up the Islanders thing, uh, Anders Lee will play on Thursday. He, uh, you know, he was sick. He didn't have COVID or anything, oh, yeah. but that was why he was a late scratch. So with him coming back, like, I don't think Peugeot is in play uh, because I think Peugeot loses his power play job. You know, he's 2.7 though. So if you really, if you wanted to test that, you could probably get, some really nice line combos with, uh, you know, with the Pajot Wallstrom Parise line. You know, they're just so cheap. Um, you know, Parise's minimum salary. Like, it's certainly on the table. I think it's not the dumbest thing anyone has ever done. Just calendars are spread out. Um, the only place on Columbus I'm going is the first line. The new first line is Boone Jenner, uh, who is ridiculously cheap at 3.6, uh, centering. Oliver Brookstrand and Patrick Line. Both those guys are 6K though, as is Zach Wierenski. Um, so I don't really love it. Um, however, Boone Jenner sort of does make it a little bit attractive, like anti ice for some he, reason. He played something. 25 minutes. I mean, yeah, th- that no, first he, line got all of the run yeah. in the world. I, I mean, the Boone Jenner 25 is because he also kills penalties. Um, but yeah, no, him Line A, I mean, it, it's it's fine. I, I really don't have because because Boone Jenner is 3,600 and Line A is what, like. He's around what five k I think right six one oh wow he's really skyrocketed yeah they're expensive but yeah yeah okay. okay yeah I think that's fair on this game I, I'm ready to move on over I think I mentioned yeah. it but yeah I I think that you know buying this low on Pulock like I kind of hinted at is is a good buy low forty three hundred okay. okay so Calgary... he doesn't get any, he just was it last year too he didn't get like any points he has zero yeah, points he, again he like didn't score a goal until like something okay. like that okay. um. Calgary, Detroit. Love you. Calgary's only a minus 135 favorite here. Um, seems a little bit disrespectful. Also disrespectful is Elias Lindholm, 6K, uh, Matthew Kachuk, 6.7, and Johnny Gaudreau, 5.6. Uh, going against Detroit, if this line isn't chalk, I think this will be sort of my, this will be probably my favorite line stack of the night. It's very, it's very, very doable price wise. And I, it's Detroit. Don't overthink it, um, in yeah. my opinion. Um, on the, you know, for these other guys on Calgary, they're also pretty cheap. Like Blake Coleman remains at 3,100, uh, played 15 minutes, scored a goal, had three shots, played some power play time. Um, Blake Coleman did exactly sort of what we would expect him to do last game. And in this game, he's equally as good a play, I think. So, you know, if you're talking like reliable cash options, he's right there along with you know, the, the more uh, higher rate shooter in Wallstrom with a slightly dicier role. Like Coleman will definitely regardless of game script. Um, and then at the center position, Monty and Michael Backlund, I guess Backlund especially is cheaper than we're used to. 2.7 Michael Backlund. 
uh, just another way to sort of fit in those McDavid builds if you feel inclined. Any interest in Detroit here? I know Lucas Raymond seemed to get hurt at the end of last game. I'm not sure if we've seen anything, but he finally had, you know, his his breakout game, I guess. Goal assist, three shots on goal. Um, So any further word on him or any thoughts on Detroit in general? Okay, yeah, I mean, I I just, I don't really see a need to play Lucas Raymond without his line mates at this point and not playing 72 Hundred to the seventy one hundred Larkin over much cheaper Calgary players, so I think Detroit's a stay away from me. I don't really have any interest um, in anyone else, and yeah, I think that Calgary line you, you summed up really well. I think Matt the Chuck is a premium cash play, one of the best rate shooters in the league, and has done it so far this season. So I think if you know if you're doing that and you're playing him, you can stack him up. I, I really think this could be. A, a three-man stack in any capacity. And even Rasmus Anderson, I think, is a, is a good at 4,900. Yep. Uh, 26 minutes against Anaheim, two shots, two blocks, and assist. Like, he is just aching for a double bonus game. He's just he's just teasing us right now. And this could be the spot. So even if you don't quite get the cap to get all, like, three or four of these guys, if you could just get the Chuck and Rasmus, I think that's that's okay. I probably would really try to get Gaudreau in there at least. But, um, yeah, that's where my head at. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. So keep it keep it on the DL, and hopefully we get them. All right, Rangers at Nashville. On paper, this game kind of looks like a dud. I think you're paying up to be contrarian to sort of you know jam in Zibanejad, Panarin, Chris Kreider. Um, noteworthy that Kreider as a standalone play is probably in play. I mean, he's 4,700 first line, first power play, um, decent shooter. Like certainly nothing crazy there, but I think that Kreider as a one-off is is fine. But his line mates are pretty interesting. Um, as far as Nashville goes, I mean, it sort of is also a very open and closed case for me. Johansson is centering Forsberg, Matt Duchesne. Um, we'll see. Uh, actually, did they switch that up uh, in the third period last game? If you have their game. I um I I have uh, I, I just I grabbed it. Yep, game they, logs open. Okay. They all they all kept okay. the same. Uh Duchesne, Johansson, yeah. Forsberg. They're also power play correlated, which is you know very nice. Uh just basically Ely told is kind of buried. Like he even saw some time on the last game. I just I you're you're not doing that. So I think if you want to go Nashville against the Rangers, Duchesne, Johansson, Forsberg is awfully, awfully good. Uh should be relatively low owned they were a bit higher owned against the kings than i would have expected Um, but i don't think many people are attacking rangers and probably should i mean especially when you have a guy like roman yossi on the back end uh very expensive but you know what you're getting with yossi like double digit potential every night uh, pretty pretty regularly so uh what are you doing with this one yeah it really sucks because i wanted to played Tolvanen so bad and then they just don't want to give him the minutes he has 16 shots on net in three games he's been shooting a ton even some of the shots aren't getting on net and it seems like everything is with those numbers but it's really hard to play him I think it's equally as hard to try to stack this um I just don't know if I trust this um natural first line quite enough right now but I really do like Roman Yossi a lot I think that he's going to be really really low owned in a really good matchup here so I'm, I'm going to consider trying to get him in um, I think he has that. I mean, who who has a better chance of getting the double bonus? It's the Roman Yossi. It's it's tough to find. Um, Seventy two hundred is a little bit steep, but I think it's doable. And if you get a piece of that first power play, it, it could end up really benefiting you. Um, the Rangers seem super easy. 
it's the first line. They got all the minutes against Toronto. They got the win against Toronto. Um, I think if you're needing cap, uh, cap relief, Lafreniere is not the worst play in the world. Um, he's had a little bit better rate shooting. Last game, he went with the big old zero after the five shot on goal game before that, but 3,400 first power play. Um, it's just like, is he dependent on playing with Zabinijad is kind of like the question because the first game apart, he looked brutal. Um, but I, yeah, I think that, you know, in, in other words, you know, Nashville being worse, if they get, you know, a bad match, a, a better matchup against a worse line, because I'm assuming that second line for the Rangers went against like Tavares and just got steamrolled. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, let me just pull it up really quick. I'm sure that's the case. And yep, they, they can't play against everyone, but Tavares lines, I mean, this, this just absolutely crushed them. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, we, I think we, against, I think we got it. Yep. So against Nashville, much better matchup. Could be a really, really cheap stack. Lafreniere with Heedle if Strom is out. Yeah, I'm assuming he is. So uh, Anaheim at Winnipeg. I mean, we touched on this earlier. You know, I I get it. Like Winnipeg is obviously in a good spot, but there's just a lot of uncertainty around their team in general. So uh, assuming that everyone besides Blake Wheeler is good to go. Um, both Connor and Ellers are just kind of screaming values. Uh, Ellers has been held pointless through three games. Uh, what better way to sort of make up for that than the home opener against the Anaheim Ducks? Like, I assume um, Nick Ellers very much in play. He, he's not getting the top power play work. Uh, just just stop it. it. It will never happen. But we got to make do with what we have. Um, as far as the defense position goes i found it very interesting uh that nate schmidt was on the top power play uh correct me if i'm wrong there and then nate or neil pionk and josh morrissey split duties on the second unit um you know schmidt's a a good player i think um so at his price at 4200 it seems fine um but you know kyle connor at 65 is just obnoxiously cheap uh if you are buying in on you know them being almost minus 200 favorites here and then Mark Scheifele also coming off of a, a decent game against Winnipeg at 7K. Not a must play, but, you know, if you're assuming that Connor hits his ceiling, Mark Scheifele probably outscores the vast majority of centers on the slate. So it seems like a price for uh, Mark Scheifele. But uh, how do you feel about this Winnipeg side? I know you're the Kyle Connor guy on this pod. So. Yeah, no, I love Kyle Connor to death, but I really, really think this game is a great opportunity to fade, personally. I, I don't think I'm going to have a ton here. I think that Anaheim's a little bit better than expected. Um, but if it is 11 and seven, which they ran last game, I might have a touch of interest. Um, I just think that a lot of people are going to just look at that Andrew Cop price, say, oh, man, he's got a lot of fantasy points. Oh, my God, that last couple of games. And they're just going to jump on it. I don't think it's a bad play by any stretch, but I just think that this has a, a great chance for them to dud. Um I do love Hellebuck here because he's been real, real bad the past couple of games. I think he'll, he's in a good bounce back spot, but I'm not going to play him at 8,500. There's just no way. So I think if you do fade Winnipeg, you could talk me into playing John Gibson. If he gets to start, he's been absolutely unreal. He's a real, real strong candidate for the 35 save bonus. So that's kind of how I'm looking at this game in a GPP setting. It's just like playing the Anaheim bully, praying Anaheim wins this game. And I think they're, like I said, they're in a really good spot to get 35 save bonus. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think if you're playing Winnipeg, it's, it'd be foolish not to take the first line. I think if you need, if you're just taking a one-off here, Ellers has a great opportunity every night to be the smash play. It's still pointless. That's not going to last long. 
So anything you wanted right. to sum up on this? Yeah, on the Anaheim side of things, I mean, their team definitely runs through Trevor Zegers. He's 4,300. It's just too cheap, him and Raquel. Raquel's 4,700. I took a look at their power play because I I was pretty interested in Ryan Getzlaff just because, like, you know, it's a gross play, don't get me wrong, but Ryan Getzlaff at 3,500 is getting right around 17, uh, 18 on a good night in, in terms of minutes. And he's the trigger man across from Trevor Zegers. I would say at this point, Trevor Zegers has definitely overtaken uh, Cole Caulfield to be the uh, Calder uh, trophy guy, even though Zegers has not been good just because Caulfield's brutal. Um, I'm sure there's some other like fringe characters like in putting their name in the hat for uh, the Calder trophy, but it was basically those two guys to begin the year. Um, so anyway, when we're talking about this Anaheim's getting Getzlaff for 3,500, he's getting 22%. You know, it's super limited sample, don't get me wrong. Um, and then Raquel's getting about 30% of their shots on that power play unit. Uh, Zegris has only taken one shot of 18, you know, 6% for him. Um, to me, it's kind of those three guys mixing and matching. If I want some Anaheim exposure, um, you could obviously play a guy like Jamie Drysdale, you know, stack them up with Adam Henrique uh, on that top line with Stegris and Raquel. Um, but I really think that the Anaheim you know, top power play is going to be overlooked on this slate. And, and I think, you know, if you're feeling real risky, I think that's like, um, I still don't want to peg team. We just saw what freaking Joel Erickson acted to them. Uh, so don't tell me that Trevor Zegers couldn't you know, uh, set up, say, Ryan Getzlaff to the same stuff. It's, it's uh, It was pretty ridiculous that Minnesota went up. Um, so two more games, and these two are probably some of my highlights of yep, the night. Yep, yep, um, that's what I was going to say. We got, I think, I would say my number one game of the night right now. Yeah, Vancouver at Chicago. Vancouver is a slight favorite in this one. At, geez, sorry. Slight underdog. Plus 110. Yes. Oh my God. Um, Get it while it's hot. Sorry. Uh, Chicago is favored in a professional hockey game. Uh, I'm just, I'm, no, sorry. I just need some time to adjust to this. We, I know they call that, we call that the Buffalo bump. When you lose the Buffalo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you get all. <laughs> yeah. No, I, geez, uh, ain't that the truth? Um, so just looking at this sort of from a bottom up perspective, on Chicago's side, we do have a lot of value right? because. Um, like Tyler Johnson is sub 4k on that top power play. He finally put up some shots last game. Maybe that sticks around. And then really what I found totally jarring is Alex Sabrinkit at 5,400. And yeah, it, it seems like the Hagel experiment, you know, like they played Doc Kane and uh, Brandon Hagel. Like I certainly don't know why they did that. Um, but you know, it goes without saying that the Brinkett, didn't spend all of his time on you know, like away from Patrick Kane. Debrinket led the team in time on ice, uh, which is always good to see, especially when a guy is, you know, uh, getting sort of relegated off the Patty Kane line at five on five. So what I'm saying is I think this is an excellent spot to stack up Kane Debrinket and just say like, yeah, I know daily faceoffs. You know, you're not going to be able to say, hey, look, like those two guys are next to each other. They're great plays, but they're going to be on those each other a ton. Um, I think you're one fault, you know, one mistake away from, you know, that being the top line anyway. And yeah, the power play, it just has a meds up. But any other thoughts or anything to add for Vancouver, who is also uh, kind of really cheap here. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's right. a real that's, interesting. Game. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Vancouver is equally as cheap. I mean, 
I watched them lose the Buffalo. It was one of those things where it felt like every time the Pedersen line was on the ice, I was holding my breath because they seemed to just move the puck with ease against Buffalo, just go right in the zone. Um, they were the only line that didn't get scored on, although Pedersen and Besser do have a, a red dot next to their names. Um, they looked really, really good, I thought, though, all night. And it seemed like every time I looked up, Besser was carrying the puck into the zone, creating an opportunity. Like, I really think that that's part of what, what they do so well is that Pedersen-Besser line in general correlates on the power play. If we get Quinn Hughes back, which I'm expecting, I I, I think he's fully in play at 5,200 as well. Um, so that's definitely one of my building block lines. I think I like it just as much as Calgary. You can definitely put it all together on both those lines. That's like two of my favorite stacks of the night. I don't think they're going to be overlooked, so it might not, but it, it's a ton game play. Who freaking cares? So those those are my favorite stacks of the night besides, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's Edmonton's there too. Um, but I think that, that it, the, what I'm saying is the Calgary stack is so doable. I mean, I'm just trying to put it together right now with Vancouver um, and like a Wallstrom. I think that might actually work. So like I'm saying, you can, you can make this happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I started with Chicago because that's the side I prefer, um, though I'll keep an eye on ownership, make sure not too out of whack there, because if Vancouver is going to come in significant lower than Chicago, no problem, sort of. I'm uh, okay. hoping that this is the side that's... Um, so, yeah, Pedersen, Lindholm, Besser, Chuck, Gaudreau, Hughes, Rasmus Anderson, John Gibson, you have 2500 for your flex. I mean... Wow. Um, <clears throat> it does okay. work. It, it technically works, yes. Uh, though, as we should uh, know... That lineup does not include Mr. Connor McDavid. Never heard of him. He comes into the slate at a whopping $9,500. His good old friend, Leon Dreisaitl, $8,800. And hey, uh, you don't need uh, multiple lines if you have Zach Cassian scoring multiple goals and you have McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, lighting the world on fire. So, you know, like who cares about anything defensively? This is going so... I do think that it's interesting to say the least to look at Ryan Nugent Hopkins as almost a leverage play off of McDavid. Like it's not like McDavid's negatively correlated to Nugent Hopkins, but if Nugent Hopkins scores twice on the power play, he's taking that goal away from probably either McDavid or Dreisaitl. Uh, And Nugent Hopkins at 42 is just so freaking cheap. Um, that I think he, he makes for an excellent sort of like one-off play in a lineup. Um, like it's certainly dangerous because obviously, you know, Hop, Newton Hopkins could have uh, two assists, two shots on goal and get you, you know, 13 points while McDavid and Dreisaitl combined for 70 and you're toast. Um, but there's also the off chance that Nugent Hopkins, you know, power plays clicking, they're shading over toward Dreisaitl. Hey, look, Nugent Hopkins is open twice, a couple easy goals, and that's that. Like, he's on the ice just as much as those guys are. Um, he's just not quite as dynamic because he's not glued to the hip of McDavid, let's say. Um, so I think that's one interesting way to play this. The other thing um, is Evan Bouchard. Yep, yep. I mean, I kind of just wanted to spend this entire show complaining that, like, I did play Evan Bouchard. I literally played Noah Dobson in cash. Ooh. You want to talk about it? We'll talk about it after the show. I, I, I just, I don't. See um, me see me after class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, freaking Evan Bouchard, man. Had, one, he he replaced Tyson Berry at 5-on-5, five five, which is very cool, because Tyson Berry freaking sucks. Um, but Evan Bouchard had a goal, an assist, six shots on goal, 
in seven block shots in almost 20 minutes of time on ice. Uh, just a ho-hum 37.6 DraftKings point game from Mr. Ed Bouchard. Um, I think you can absolutely follow that up. If there's, you know, there's points chasing, but then there's also, hey, uh, he might actually play with Darnell Nurse this game. And hey, do you know who else plays with Darnell Nurse a lot? Uh, yeah, that's Connor McDavid. Um, so I think that's really the only uh, for Edmund. So I know we don't need to repeat Edmonton's, you know, sing their praises anymore, but any other thoughts on this game, maybe some Arizona contrarian plays or anything else? Two things. Number one is Mike Smith on IR. So it will be Miko Kostinen in net in case you're trying to play the Edmonton goalie, which I bet it'd be a little bit popular. And number two, I mean, if you look at the game log, Edmonton's been in some competitive games against Anaheim. It was a six to five game, you know, McDavid and Drysdale get 26 minutes. I don't think it's going to be as competitive. I don't think that means you can't play McDavid and Drysdale because they could score three goals in the first period without a, without a doubt in my mind. So I, I could talk myself into a Hyman Nugent Hopkins stack. I really could. I don't know if it's necessary on this slate with Hyman on the first power play though. So more or less, I think I'm, I, I really do plan on kind of fading this um, and, and, and just going to bed early and praying I wake up. Good news. <laughs> <clears throat> oh man. My heart hurts for it because I don't know how likely it has to happen. I mean, will I end up with a McDavid lineup? Like, I, I don't know. I, I might yeah, end up I, just like, like it, it could happen. Like it, there's no doubt in my mind, but I think I'm just going to play one total lineup um, just because I'll, I'll probably watch the Browns game. And I just, yeah, you know, I, um, I like to gamble, but I love to watch my gambles rather than like, like, I don't know. So I probably just pick one lineup and then watch the Browns lose. And all right. Um, anyway, the, the other, I just wanted to note that Zach Hyman should be the first guy on the power play. Uh, Paul Yarvi usually replaces Hyman. And then they sort of had dregs of society as their quote unquote second unit. But that's really, yeah, not yeah, there. yeah. So, yeah, I uh, mean, just so I mean, that's so all clear. What do, would you, would you do Hyman and Hopkins? Would you consider it? I like, certainly would consider it. Um, it's so cheap against Arizona. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, obligatory mention of Jacob Chikrin. Um, he's not cheap. He's not on the top power play, but he's always, you know, if you're talking about double bonus candidates, especially in this matchup, uh, he's a great candidate to do so. And yeah, especially with Tyson Berry sort of being shelved at this moment. Like, yeah, he's going to be on the top power play, but um, does that give him enough upside to overcome a potential loss in 5 on 5 role? I don't think so given his price. So just wanted to throw that. All right. Now we've reached a point in the show where we all sort of say, yep, this was a bad idea. Uh, You guys went an hour over an hour at this point. And, (laughs) you know, uh, we all get mad and say, be shorter. But this is what you asked for. You asked for us to go game by game. And it's not like we can be super quick when we both have thoughts. Um, So give me your favorite non McDavid stack and then your guaranteed goals. And then we'll get on out of here. Okay. Um, Vancouver. I already said it. Um, I won't take Calgary from you if you want it. Um, I I think that that's my favorite top stack. You, you want to go with yours? I'll give my my cheap. I want to go cheaper. I don't want to. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think my favorite. Sorry. You said Colorado, right? No, I said Vancouver. You said Vancouver. I uh, I misheard. Um. I sort of want to go back to the very beginning of the show and do the Svechnikov Trochuk <laughs> chest. <stack. laughs> that was gonna be my other one. Okay. I thought you were gonna go with Calgary. What? They're not cheap. All right, fine. All right. If if you're the, the punt, 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 Lafreniere, Heedle, two man. Solid. Um, Solid. Very Super cheap. Very, very cheap. Very, very, very cheap. 
Okay. Like free. Um, Guaranteed goals. Guaranteed. You, you, you get to go first this time. Congratulations. Guaranteed goals. Um, the player you believe will score. Uh, a goal in the professional association of ice hockey called the NHL. Correct. Um, correct, correct. All right. Let's go Timo. It's Timo time. He's doing it again. I knew you were going to do it. I, I felt it in my core. All right. I will go with. Um, yeah. All right. Fine. I'll go with Matt the Chuck. I, I dig that. I dig that. Okay. So we both have about the same amount of salary left, a shade over 4000 Um, I am going to save a little bit of money even off of that, and I will go with Ryan Getzlaff. Finally gets a goal on that power play. The old man, you know, uh, time comes for us all. He's certainly not the player he used to be, but 10 shots to four games on the year. I think he gets his first goal of the season on a nice, crispy Trevor Zegers feed, cross seam on the power play, over the Royal Road, over Connor Hellebuck's glove into the net, uh, and making all the Connor Hellebuck owners cry. All right. It's easy money, Nugent Hopkins. Thank you and good night. Okay. Uh, you heard it there first. All right. Um, yeah, that will do it for us. Please be sure to check out underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code NSP when you sign up. You'll get 10 bucks uh, when you deposit yours $10 as a thank you, you know, uh, signing up and checking them, checking them out. DJ loves their NFL stuff. He sends me freaking player prop cards all the time. He posts them on Twitter even. Um, there's a lot of good stuff there. You can combine across sports. So if you want to watch football and you want to watch hockey, because apparently DJ hasn't uh, discovered the fact that you can, you know, watch something on your phone, watch something on your laptop, and watch on the TV all at the same time. Uh, that technology does not exist yet, apparently, in Buffalo, New York. Um, you can do so, though, on Underdog Fantasy. So use code MSP when you sign up uh, to let them know that we sent you. Anything you want to add? Nope. Okay. Did, well, Wi-Fi problems should be completely gone by the November 1st week when I move into my new place and I have an office set up and I'll put the Wi-Fi router right to it. It's going to be great. I, I just cannot wait to see what disaster awaits us uh, come come November 1st. So uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Pod. Follow me at Big Moods and DJ is at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. So from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good sleep, everybody, and we see you.